some yellow cards, a couple issued to both clubs. But other than that, a back and forth championship final so far as we are just one minute into this second half of this championship final. If it stays at nil-nil, or even if both teams score 1-1, as Croatia has a chance in the box now. But Paul back in, shot, scores! Oscar Cordon! This game is over from Warrior Field in Waterloo, Ontario, the home of the University of Waterloo Warriors. The final whistle has been blown, and Toronto, Croatia are your 2015 Canadian Soccer League First Division champions. Turned over though, another chance. Whiteman, the delivery, and it's a cracking strike from the Vaughn striker, and he equalizes here in the 39th minute. The leading scorer, Jarek Whiteman, adds to his tally, and that's number 18, and equalizes this match. It's one all. Amato, up. Can Whiteman counter? He can. Whiteman, he wins the ball. He's on a breakaway here. The strike! Into the corner it goes, and the Azzurri's leading scorer gets the equalizer once again. And it's all tied up 2-2 two to two in the 57th minute. Jarek Whiteman with number 19 on the season and his second of the match. The Chiara now with the delivery. Back post. The header back in. The Azzurri with a chance. It's a box and in the back of it. And it's number three for Jarek Whiteman. The hat trick converted. 3-2 in the 60th minute. You're watching and listening to Mamma Mia. This is Fire Talk Footy Edition with Nicholas Fiore. Welcome back, everybody, and Happy New Year. We are back with more shows in 2022. I'm Nicholas Fiore, the host of the show, and this is Mamma Mia. This is Fire Talk. I'm joined by Anthony Totera, very big in the Ontario, Canada soccer landscape, and now he's currently with the CPL's York United FC as the lead domestic scout and head of community engagement. Anthony, Happy New Year and welcome to the show. Hey, Happy New Year, Nicholas, to you and your family. Let me ask you something. How many expresses did you have already? That's an unbelievable opening, my friend. Look, <laughs> a couple are in. A couple are in. We're, uh, we're in the mid-afternoon, the little morning, well, beginning of the afternoon, I should say. So as Good I'm stumbling stuff. along. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. That's it. That's it. Well, thank you for joining. I know uh, we've known each other, you know, for, for a few years now with uh, yep. a few things in the footy world. This is footy edition number 10 of the show, of the podcast. Um, I just want to say again, thank you for coming on. I know you're busy. I know uh, you have to uh, be at a lot of places, I guess, once COVID settles down a little bit. So thank you uh, for coming on. I do appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine. So listen, uh, you know, you're with York now. You're with the CPL, and we're going to get into all of that. Obviously, uh, York United um, had, I, I safe to say, their best season yet um, this past season so far within the CPL standings wise anyways um, with Forge winning the first two uh, Pacific winning uh, the last one, but for yourself, how important is it for you to, you know, year after year after year, stay involved within the Canadian soccer landscape? Well, it's, it's in my blood. I've been part of this landscape and part of the game in Canada for almost uh, 35 years. 
so you can tell by the gray hair how old I am if you can add up the numbers there. But uh, I live and breathe Canadian football. I love it. I'm passionate about it. Uh, I've been through the ups and downs uh, with working way back when. As you can see behind me, I'm in my basement here because I'm working from home. A picture of the old North York Rockets of the Canadian Soccer League. And that was my first taste of working into the pros. Uh, I volunteered as a young boy with the old Toronto Blizzard in the North American Soccer League when we're Roberto Bettega, the first well-known world-class Italian player to come uh, to Toronto was on that team. So it's, it's been in my blood and, and, and Canada is the country of my birth and uh, I want to do whatever I can to help it out. Absolutely. And you most certainly are for sure. Obviously now with York United, if people don't know, and, and, and I, and I want to say I kind of know, but I don't know if I know fully about your actual role and, and what it entails. Lead domestic scout. And maybe that's, you know, self-explanatory, but, and head of community engagement, what, what, you know, you have to do in order to contribute to the club with that role and title. Well, let me talk about first how this all came about. Um, I met with uh, the wonderful owner, Mike Baldessera and uh, his family, Bruno Baldessera. We met on a few occasions and uh, I really, really appreciated the honesty of Mike Baldessera and, and what he means to that community, what he means uh, to uh, the people of that community. And he wanted to give back and that's why he ended up uh, buying and purchasing uh, the club York United as it started out as York 9. And we had a number of conversations. I spent four and a half years at the league and then uh, I thought it was time to, to make the change. And this was the right time with the right individual and the right family. And the number one um, issue and key for them was to win back the community, to engage the community, to make them understand that we're here to, to listen to them, to uh, involve them, to work with them, and, and to make them feel part of it. Uh, York Region is an unbelievable community. Um, the development of players, the, uh, the amount of youth clubs, the participation is off the charts. Uh, it is, in my estimation, and I said this when I traveled all across Canada, the facts speak for themselves. It is the hotbed of Canadian footy when it comes to developing talent and passing it off to the national team. I would say Brampton is right there as well, but York Region has done uh, an amazing job. So, yeah, I mean, look, uh, we're going to get our players out to as many community events as possible, hopefully when this COVID is all over, uh, to as many youth clubs as possible to, to engage, to, to show that, uh, that they are part of this community. And that's, um, that was one of my um, you know, job descriptions that I was given along with what you mentioned, which is very important to me, uh, lead domestic scout, which I would be overseeing uh, League One Ontario, PLSQ, the new BC League One, uh, the U Sports Draft that's coming up, uh, and obviously OPDL and other players across this great province and country of ours. Like, like I mentioned earlier, you were with the CPL, the league in itself, before joining York. Um, what, what were you doing there, if you can explain to people, because I know personally, and, and yeah, you touched upon it a little bit, you know, you had conversations with the owner, and they went great, and everyone understood each other. But why eventually, you know, move from a league to a team? It was time yeah, for many, many 
many, many reasons, uh, Nicholas. I mean, that story will be told. That time will come <laughs> when Totera will tell of his four and a half years and the journeys and trials and tribulations. That time will come, but now is not that time. Now is the time to look forward. But I'll tell you this, the time I spent under the guidance and advice of James Easton, my former boss, uh, was so helpful and so important to me. Uh, in between there, there was Michael Finley as well. These are two football people, real football people that understand the game. And they were key in my uh, growth and understanding more and more about the game that I didn't know. So those two gentlemen were very important to me. There was someone who I worked with, Aaron Nielsen, who is a very close <laughs> friend of mine. And him and I uh, went nonstop around the calendar year to watch games, to scout all across Canada, not just Ontario. We made many trips to Quebec. Uh, we went out to BC. Uh, we traveled all over Ontario. And we would watch uh, university games, college games, which doesn't get enough respect, OPDL games, tournaments, showcases, et cetera, et cetera. So we did a lot of the scouting. We prepared a lot of the scouting lists for our CPL coaches when it came time for the draft or for uh, looking for a player that they were uh, trying to fill a hole in. We would provide lists of players to them in the domestic component, the domestic area of CPL. I traveled coast to coast all across Canada and, and talking to youth clubs, coaches, parents, and kids, and talking to them all about CPL, a league that was started for Canadians by Canadians to give Canadian coaches, Canadian players, and more importantly, Canadian administrators, the opportunity to work in the game. Because down South, the door was always, uh, you know, basically shut on their face. And so, yeah, at the league office, I had a lot of great memories working with Aaron Nielsen, James Easton, Michael Finley. Uh, they understood and we understood in the football department what we needed to do to try to make uh, the league successful when it came to uh, different initiatives like U-Sports Draft, uh, you know, like looking at League One Ontario and PLSQ and finding the players. And by the way, PLSQ and League One Ontario, we didn't have them before we launched um, CPL, we would have been in a lot of trouble because League One Ontario and PLSQ funneled a number of players to help the league get going. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good memories, but there was also a lot of uh, let's say question marks for it. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever you can say without saying, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, is it? You know, I've read some articles online, Anthony, and and it says like you know Anthony Totera, well known and highly regarded. Well, in the, <laughs> in the domestic game, but that's, that's my point where I'm trying to get to like, you know, is it, yeah, you, you, like you mentioned from the top, you know, you may be getting a little bit older, you know, you're getting up there, but you're still in the game. Is it still cool to see like, you know, it's getting written, you know, Anthony Totera, well-known and highly regarded in, in the domestic game. Yeah, no, I don't care about that. I've always said this Nicholas to whoever I've worked with, I could care less about the name on the back of the Jersey. I care what's on the front. And that's what I've said since day one, when I started at York, I could care less about my name on the back or any ego. I always tell the youth coaches and people stick, you know, keep your egos at the door, but I won't, you know, sit down and be quiet. And when I see something's wrong or when I see that things should be done a certain way, I'm going to speak up. That's the way I've been. That's the way I'll always be. I don't give, I could care less about myself because when I'm long gone, as I've said to some of my soccer colleagues, no one's going to remember us. They could care less. As long as my family cares about me, that's all I care about. So if I'm doing what's right in the game, if you're doing what's right in your business, you're going to get respected and you're going to move 
in a, in a long, long way for the game. So I could care less about my name. I just want to do what's right. Awesome. Absolutely. And that's what it should be. You know, we need more of that, right? I mean, from the youth in me or from, you know, the older people, it's sometimes there's a lot of just me, 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 right? And we need everyone together, which is very, very important. Um, I want to talk about a little bit, you know, your passion. Uh, You know, you mentioned a little bit about your passion for, you know, soccer, but soccer in Canada. And, and I think, you know, you know, the Italian, the Italian background as well, like where, you know, you're not maybe your whole life journey, but you know, the, 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 maybe the mini journey on, on where you are now and where you found that crave and that crazy passion that you have to not just maybe support, but be involved within soccer in Canada in general. Wow. That's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> born and raised here in Canada. And, and like a lot of the, uh, the young Italian boys uh, on a Sunday morning, I'd be on my grandmother's and, and the City A game of the week would be on Channel 11, I think, if I recall back then, with a great Italian broadcaster named Tino Baxa. Not many people remember him, but uh, and, and you'd watch that game. But I fell in love with, honestly, I fell in love with the game again, call me crazy, when I used to watch, you know, the National Soccer League here in Ontario, where you, you had Panhellenic, you had Toronto Italia, uh, the Serbians, <laughs> uh, Toronto Croatia. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on. Steve Stavro, God rest his soul, who owned the Maple Leafs and Nob Hill Farms, uh, did a lot for the game as well. And, and I met him on a few occasions. And uh, yeah, I fell in love with the Canadian part of the game. I fell in love with uh, the Canadian part of the game that a lot of people laughed and mocked at, that I thought that this was, this was something I want to embrace and r- really get on board with. Because look, back when I was a kid, City A, in Italy was on top of the world. If, if we're honest about it, they spent the money. They had the world stars. They won champions leagues, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, it was, you were watching the best of the best all the time, but I, I enjoyed watching the worst of the worst that sometimes you're in Canada, because I knew it would take off at one point, as we're seeing now in 2022 with the national team, it's, it's taking off. Absolutely. And it's taking off in, in a good way and in a big way. And I, I, I almost want to say if this makes sense in the right way, you know, yep. they developed, they developed, developed. And now these kids and these boys and these men are coming up the system um, within Canada too, which is very, very good to see. And I, you know, it's a good segue to my next question. You know, you followed the game for a long time and you said, you know, I guess without saying really you watched maybe the worst of the worst, but there has been downs in Canada soccer, in soccer in Canada, in general, from youth all the way up to the senior men's national team and women's national team, how good or how crazy it to see, you know, where Soccer Canada was then and where it is now? There used to be a time where <laughs> Dino Rossi and a bunch of us got together and printed out T-shirts to sack the CSA. And it was that bad. You know, the CSA was an absolute mess back you know then but you know things have really taken off for them and they've done a lot of good things recently I got to give them credit uh you know they've hosted uh some women's world cups uh have 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 hosted some other important youth tournaments here in Canada so they've done their part and they've gradually started to get better and better and better and uh you know where we are today it's it's looking good for the men's national team the women I mean what can you say Olympic gold I mean I was practically in tears I just was so happy for them and, and uh, what they accomplished. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, back then, uh, Nicholas, there was a lot of people that knew 
what needed to change and what could work for this country. A lot of people came from a lot of great different countries that could help, but unfortunately they didn't have uh, that connection or that foot in the door with someone that they could, you know, be a coach at, at, at a certain level to make a real difference. They were always pushed aside. And, and that was unfortunate because we had a lot of good coaches from different countries across the world that came here to Ontario and Canada, but really weren't given the opportunity, but now they are. And it's good to see that they are now. Are you almost in a way not mad or not upset or just maybe curious to see why it took so long for Canada soccer, soccer Canada to really get going and, and, and produce on a bigger stage than it did, you know, in the past. It's we're producing now because I believe it's, it's, it's simple. And I'll tell you why I think we're producing right now, because there are some great academies out there, some great youth clubs that really focus in on the athlete player first and check their egos at the door and they have wonderful uh, ways of developing this player uh, training this player uh, teaching this player on and off the field and 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 as I've said some wonderful academies and youth clubs have done some tremendous things to see the fruits of their labor with many young Canadians going overseas now playing dra being drafted in MLS high draft picks doing well there uh, it's it's no longer you know, I, I think in the last year to maybe year and a half, it's no longer that you have to beg and plead. In some instances, you still might, but break down a door if you're a Canadian to try to crack uh, an opportunity overseas. Now, because thankfully, Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, um, uh, Stacchio, uh, on and on and on, they're starting to say, hey, it, it's not a country just with sticks and pucks and... Uh, and that sort of thing, maybe we should pay a bit more attention. And, and I'm hoping we're going to get to the World Cup. I really believe we will. I think the floodgates will, will open for a lot of other clubs worldwide to come here and start picking our best up. I was going to ask you that next. It's like you're reading my mind, Anthony. Uh, you know, the women's team did it. They got their Olympic gold. And now on to the Women's World Cup for them and see how far they can get there. Because now, fortunately, but unfortunately, eyes are going to be on them because they're the Olympic champs. So... Let's hope they go as far as, as they can in the World Cup. For the men's side, how truly, uh, how big would this truly be if they do make this World Cup in Qatar? Not the one they're co-hosting with Mexico and USA in 2026, that they're automatically qualified, but the one they have to try and qualify in Qatar. Would it be that big, humongous, massive for soccer and men's in Canada? Yes, yes, and yes, because... It will make a statement in CONCACAF to the big boys of Mexico, the USA, Panama, Honduras, Costa Rica, that, hey, your, your, your little brother uh, will no longer be slapped around. Your, your little brother has all grown up and he will not take your garbage anymore. And that's what we're seeing from players like Richie Laria, uh, from Kamal Miller. Uh, I can go on and on. They're not going to take any garbage from any nation in CONCACAF anymore they are going to stand their ground. So this to me is massive if we get to World Cup because again, it will open up the eyes of the world. And I, I got to say, I'm going to tell you something. I haven't said this because again, we haven't qualified, so I don't want to jinx it, but I believe we will qualify. And I believe we'll get out of our group. Whatever group that is, I believe we'll get out of our group. I don't care if we're playing a X team from you know South America or Europe. I'm not afraid of anyone. Not with the guns we have. I mean, I'm just not afraid of anyone. 
I, I, it's, it's funny, you know, I've said that to a, a couple of my groups of, of friends and I'm like, guys, if we get in there, don't be surprised. We come first, you know, out of that group, first, second, doesn't matter. You never know. Right. And, and it's really, it's really good to see. And you, you mentioned Richie Larea. I know him pretty well. I had him on the show and I'll tell you one thing, <laughs> Richie, Richie ain't getting, uh, let's just say he ain't not going to take any crap from any other uh, team in CONCACAF anymore. That's for sure. Um, and shout out to Richie signing with Nottingham Forest uh, in England in the Championship League, just under the EPL, leaving TFC. But a dream that he wanted to go to, so good for him. And that's another thing, right, Anthony? These players playing in Europe, playing uh, overseas. You know, as much as you say you want your your national team, maybe guys to play at home, to play at home. But in the men's, let's be honest, right now, um, well, I mean, Sebastian Jovico kind of almost said it, uh, a couple of weeks ago where the level is different still right within, you know, North America and Europe. And it's pretty good to see that all these kids from here, from Canada, you know, as much as you want them to be here are playing with the big club clubs, like yes and, no. Bruges and all them. Yes. And no, I mean, look, they, they, they have a hundred years ahead of us in the game uh, yeah. in Europe and in South America. Okay. Yeah. They have, uh, you know, more money invested into the game that still North America has. They have the mentality, they have the, you know, I, actually I shouldn't say facilities because we I think have way better facilities in North America than a lot of the clubs in Europe and South America do. So no, I, I don't think our players need to go to Europe as many as many people think they need to go to. Sure, if you're going to go to a, a big club, but like a, a, an Afonso Davies is with or Jonathan David or, or some of the other guys, yeah, of course. But if you're going to go to a uh, a second division club or, or third tier club or a bottom of the table first tier club and you have an opportunity to play at the top level here in North America or in you know let's say in Mexico then why wouldn't you want to stay here uh, you you know the, the the climate you know the the environment you know the things are, are not going to be as difficult as they might be overseas so yeah I, I, I don't know maybe years ago I would say to make it, our guys have to go overseas or play in South America. I, I don't know if that's true anymore. I, I don't know. Yeah, and 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 honestly, it might not be right. It's just that's where the eyes are still at, right? Obviously, um, like you, you know, for obvious reasons, right? Um, I want to talk about the CSL a little bit. Um, that's I believe where I, I guess, first met you when I was at the CSL from Humber College as an intern, did PA announcing, and was in the office and all that stuff. And that's where I met you at the one of the CSL finals. You know how you know the CSL was big and it, back then, and it was sanctioned, and and it was you know it was kind of the league. I mean, Jonathan Osorio was in there, Jay Chapman was in there from just off my top of my head, and so many more were in there as well. If the CSL kept on going, would the CPL even be a league? Like, what do you think how that happened? Because the CSL was a pretty good or decent professional league back in the day. Now, you're talking about the CSL with the photo behind me of the days Canadian of North soccer York Rockets. Yeah, yeah, the North York Rockets, Toronto Blizzard. Co and Toronto, Victoria Croatia. Yeah. And well, no, so, but that's a different CSL. You're talking about this. So that's why I'm glad that I... There's two I CSLs, yeah. Yeah, so the CSL that you're talking about is back in the day of Toronto, Croatia, and, and um, you know, Toronto, Italia, and that. Look, yeah. my memories of that league, as I said to you, I think it's better to compare it to maybe the old CSL like the picture behind me, but the Toronto Italians, the, the Toronto Croatians, the Serbs, uh, the Panaletics, boy, oh boy. Uh, when I was a youngster and I went to watch those games, as I said to you, Nicholas, those were fantastic games to watch. And they brought over some of the Europeans from their countries over here to play. 
And they were guys that had a lot of gas left in their tank and they played uh, their heart out when they got here. Uh, it, it was fantastic atmosphere when you watched Croatia take on Serbian uh, squad, when, Cro uh, you know, Toronto Talia took on, uh, you name it. Uh, it. To me, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. But to me, I'd like to stick back to talking about the old CSL, the Canadian Soccer League, where you had the Hamilton Steelers, uh, the Toronto Blizzard, North York, Victoria Vistas. I, I know you're too young for that, but that league itself set up uh, the, the, the great run, unfortunately, they didn't make it to the World Cup, the men's national team back then. We lost Australia. I'll never forget staying up. But that league itself provided a lot of the players to play on the national team back then. Uh, I mean, I think of beautiful players like Alex Bumber, who went to play in Portugal, and, and Hamilton, and uh, Lyndon Hooper, and, and, and I could go on and on and on. So that league back then, even before, uh, you know, you could even recall, was a very vital and important league. Now, the league that you're talking about, there was a lot of, of um, strong competition and a lot of uh, great action to watch as well when, uh, when that took place. Well, I remember it was the CSL final and a few years ago now, and I did the play-by-play -play in Waterloo, and Oscar Cordon got the winner um, <laughs> for, for his team. And it's, you know, it's just, it, was, it was almost kind of crazy or weird to see where he was with TFC and sanctioned and by Soccer Canada and all that. And then the CSL, that CSL was not sanctioned anymore by you know soccer canada right and players were still going up and down was it more of just finding a team to play on or that league was still you know as consistent because it is still running right now even though it's non-sanctioned yeah to be fair i haven't you know kept tabs in and i i'm really kept close and i think it's for me it's best to just steer away from that because yeah. I, I i wouldn't be an expert to talk on what they've been doing there i've been too wrapped up in cpl and now with york so to me, it's best that uh, I just focus on those two areas. Based on the CPL, Anthony, how big do you truly think this league can get and this league can be? Can it be, you know, a top professional soccer league, not just in North America, but in the world? I hope so. I think we can. I hope so. It's up to the Canadian uh, football supporters out there to go support uh, the club in their area. If they support it, then the demand is there in a city where there isn't a CPL franchise now, then I think if their voices are heard and things happen, that this is important. I think the, the sky's the limit for CPL right now. They're, they're doing a lot of great things. As we saw, you know, Vancouver, the latest expansion team announced. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good things that are happening. I mean, there's, you know, the, the, there's, the, there's things that I don't think they even even started to talk about or, or, or discuss in regards to how this league can take it to the next level. I mean, everyone that was involved in the league at the beginning really had their heart and their mind in the right place. And they wanted to do and still want to do what's right for the game in this country. It's just, as I say to everyone, we're, we're just walking. We haven't even started to jog or run. MLS has how many years ahead of us? 25, 26? Yes, or so. I mean, yeah. Give us some time. You know, so give us, give us some time. And, and, and you know, things will, will, will eventually take off to... Uh, you know, uh, an area where everyone's happy and excited that there's a, a team in, in every province. Hopefully, that would be my dream, is that we get out of a team in every province. I mean, you know, it'd obviously be hard up in the, the Northwest Territories and Yukon, but hey, why not? But I mean, if we could have, you know, a team or two or three in some provinces, then we've done very well. Well, that's the thing, right? You know, CPL has been around for what, three seasons now? And basically, almost two full seasons was during COVID-19. 
So, you know, and, I, and I'll be honest, when CPL was first announced, what, three, four or five years ago now, even I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, I, you know, I, I just don't, I can't see it some, but then I also did, whoa, no, this can work if the right things and people and places and stuff is together and in place. And now I slowly see it, you know, coming together. It's three seasons. You know, you got to wait till five and seven and 10 seasons. Correct. Then Correct. it's like, okay, after 10 seasons, are we still at the same spot? Then, well, then you can judge or so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 10 seasons, like you said, then I think you can judge us, but maybe you really can't because you said it two years were under COVID. And, <laughs> and again, wonderful work by all the clubs and the people that had office because to pull off the bubbles in, in, in PI and then in Winnipeg for a portion, look, it took a lot of work, a lot of initiative, a lot of uh, hours, a lot of people banding together to do what's right. And again, not because I was part of the league, but I thought we did a lot of good things. And I mean, we had one full year under our belt and then everything in the world went upside down. It's been it, the, the target, unfortunately, has been on the back of CPL, uh, you know, since day one, because too many people doubt that we could uh, do what we've done. And uh, quite frankly, we've proved a lot of people wrong going back to when <laughs> Calvary and Tommy Wielden took out the Vancouver Whitecaps in that first year in the Canadian championship. We saw Pacific do it again. Uh, you know, we saw Forge take Montreal to how many kicks? I think it was 11 or 12 each. Yeah. So, you know what? On the field, the football department, take a bow. Take a bow. Absolutely. The, 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 the class and the professionalism and the skill is definitely on the field rising and going up, in my, in my opinion as well. Not because I'm talking to you and you're a part, you know, within the CPL. It, it is. You know, it is. And, and, it's, and it's good to see. And hopefully, like you say, down the line, just gets better and better um, for York, for, your, for yourself and your club. Um, there's a new future, if I can say that, with a new coach and new youngsters coming in from, what, three or four different countries that I noticed. Unfortunately, Jimmy Brennan is out, who coached me back in Aurora in, Le in League One when I was playing goalie for them, graduating from their youth system. Um, but Martin Nash is now in. And, and a few youngsters, like we said, Czech Republic, from Czech Republic, from Brazil, are in. What does the future hold, in your opinion? I know... You know, maybe you're not on the bench, but you're still within the club and you know what's going on um, with York United FCN and where, I guess, the bench staff are looking forward to this upcoming season. Yeah, I think that uh, Martin and his staff are, are going to do uh, an outstanding job. I think they, they, they are going to prepare themselves to have uh, the most success possible uh, for the club on and off the field. I had an opportunity to speak with Martin uh, a couple of days ago for the first time arriving here and uh, really, really not because he's our coach down to earth gentleman understands the game. So he's ready. He's ready uh, for this first challenge as a head coach in the CPL for himself. I think we're ready. Uh, a lot of youngsters on our squad, um, Lowell Wright, Isaiah Johnston, Max Ferrari, I mean, we can go on and on. Uh, I, I think it's an important year, an important year. If all the restrictions are off with COVID, for people to come out and give us a chance to support us, to give us uh, another opportunity. Because again, first year was the first year. Okay. But the last two with COVID, it's been a, a roller coaster ride. Uh, I, you know, I, I said this to you at the beginning. I believe in this uh, ownership of Mike Baldessera and his family. I've committed to them. They've committed to me. And I think that 
the community now is waiting for us to commit to them, embrace them, and all become one. Uh, because I think there is a massive void and a massive need for us to really uh, engage, <coughs> discuss, uh, work together, uh, you know, have uh, hopefully a number of their players from the region on our squad. And, and this would be not only healthy for us, York, for the league and for this province, and for many reasons, because this is what you want in Europe, in South America, you know, in the size of the GTA, you would have five to six clubs easily in, in the size and population that we have. So you've got uh, the boys in red by the water down there, TFC and, and, and York United, that's it. And, you know, this, this is, we've got a, a lot of work cut out for us, especially knowing that, um, you know, TFC has a history in many years in the community and what have you. So we have to really do our part and engage and, and, and communicate and find the best players possible in this community to bring to our squad. Not because I'm from Brampton and I'm born and raised in Brampton, Ontario, but I'm telling you, we have some talent in Brampton and we've seen oh, yeah. it in, going into the national team. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm stunned but or shocked. I'm more almost maybe even surprised that not even League One Ontario, which I've played in, um, or even CPL, that there's no CPL or League One team within the, like, Brampton. Yeah, Mississauga's got Sigma and all that, but, like, uh, like just Brampton. Brampton in general, or Brampton, Mississauga, Bolton, Calden, like, that crop right there to make a CPL, but let's just say League One first. I've been shocked from the beginning that no one really has, has put that. You have pro stars who trains out of Mississauga, that plays in Brampton at Victoria Park for League One. And then you have, you know, Sigma, but they're in an academy and they're at Hershey, well, now Paramount uh, Fine Food Center. But have you been, no, I don't know, I just want to, I guess, your opinion, since we're talking about it quickly, like where there is no CPL interest or League One interest in the city of Brampton or just, you know, this side of Peel region? Yeah, I can't speak for CPL or League One, but I can speak for myself and my experiences in Brampton. And if you recall what I said early on, yeah. Uh, that aside from York region, Brampton is the gold mine of Canada in developing players. It's a fact. They've developed players after players after players. Uh, you know, stats speak for themselves. They've done a wonderful job with many clubs in that area. Uh, some outstanding coaches. Uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's fantastic if you're an NCAA coach, if you're a uh, university coach here in Canada, a college coach, just... Get on the highway there, head up to Brampton, and you'll find all sorts of gems and players. Not, not just the men, but the women as well. Uh, there, are, there are lots of great players in Brampton. So, you know, I don't know why they're not in League One. I, I spent almost five years in League One with the commissioner, Dino Rossi, who does a fantastic job there. I don't know why. Maybe no one has stepped up to the plate. I don't know. And for CPL, I couldn't answer. Uh, but the only thing I can think of, Nicholas, and you live in that area, I remember, unfortunately, them having an OHL team, and that didn't stick around too long. So I, I don't know if there's that appetite in that area to attend. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But as for developing talent, no, Brampton is lights out the real deal. And finally, Anthony, I want to touch upon the youth system in, in Canada, but in Ontario. We touched upon it a little bit with an academy, with a club. I asked some people what, you know, do you think an academy is better? Do you think a youth club is better? But I'm not going to ask you that because it doesn't, it's, it's personal opinions when it comes to that, but in general, how important is the youth system in Ontario, in Canada, 
uh, men's and women's side to try to continue to funnel these kids, these boys and girls up the system? Um, and do you think that the youth system has gotten better over the years in general? So if you Google uh, academies versus clubs, uh, when I worked at the Fan 590 in Sportsnet many, many years ago, I did two shows dedicated specifically to club versus academies, the pros and cons of both. And it was unbelievably um, uh, listened to and, and the feedback was fantastic. This was years ago, almost, uh, I would say close to 15 years ago. And I think you can get it on YouTube and listen to it as well. Uh, look, both belong, academies and clubs. Both do great work. Both are important. Both have different um, structures. Uh, both are, I think, starting to understand that they have to coexist and away we go. I said this on an earlier show this week that I was on. Everyone needs to check their egos at the door and do what's right for the athlete. Uh, I don't care if you're a club or an academy. I, I read an article in Portugal this week about where the coaches, even of opposing teams or even the coaches within that club alone after sessions or after games are together talking about players, whether it's opposing coaches or, or coaches within that system, and they're making sure no one's being missed. They're making sure everyone is being funneled through the right system. Uh, they're exchanging information. They're making people aware if people aren't aware of certain players and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Because they're checking their egos at the door. That's why that little nation of Portugal uh, has gone so far in the last 10 to 15 years in training, in players, and in coaching is because it's again, it's not the name on the back of the jersey. It's what's in the front. And they are doing an exceptional job. But I think we're starting to do that here in Canada. And I know there is some clubs and academies that really get along quite well. And they try to help one another. They try to exchange information and they try to really do what's right for the, the athlete. Because I would say 10, 15 years ago, not a chance. They were all at each other's throats and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that, that's my thoughts. They both belong. Well, I wanted to bring that up because I've coached rep competitive soccer now for nine years and I've been with Bolton Wanderers soccer club. And now I'm with Calden soccer club. I had the 06 under 15, under 16 girls. And now I moved on, but I'm coaching now the 2012 U10 boys in the Calden soccer club. And, you know, I've had parents in these past years that have left my team and went to an Academy. And then all of a sudden years down the line, they come back to a club. Yes. You have some players that, go to an academy and their parents and they stay in the academy. Right. But that's why I want to bring that up because I guess my main point would be in my personal opinion, that club can be better than academy and academy can be better than club, but everyone needs each other to be successful and to push everyone up the system. So that's why I wanted your opinion on it because I think they're both important. And you know, what's more important than all that, that what you said, Nicholas is this, I coached myself for a bit, my two sons, but I'll tell you this, whether you're a coach at an academy or at a club, if you are, you're at your local Tim Hortons or at the local mall and a former player of yours of years ago comes up to you and recognizes and says, hey, Coach Nicholas, thank you. That's worth more than any money, trophy, medal can ever buy. Not that, oh, Coach Nicholas, you did great coaching me at the academy or, or you did great coaching me at the youth club. No, that goes way farther than any academy or any club can ever do. It's that interaction. It's funny you bring that up. Three weeks ago, I was at um, the Nike store in Vaughn Mills, and I just got a pat on the back. And it was my former goalie. She started with me from U nine to U eleven, and she goes, "Are you? Are you Nick? Are you Nicholas? 
Coach Nick. And yeah, and she moved on to another club and to an OPDL club. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out for her. And, uh, and you know, she's, she's on another team now, but we're looking for another club team because sometimes the OPDL or the academy that doesn't work for everyone. And, and she remembered me, right? And that's what, how important it is there, me taking a team from 17 years old, now 26 years old and still doing it, right? It's all about, you know, I didn't have no connection to the team. It's all about the boys, the girls, the players, and trying to develop them and make them the best that they can be. And I think that's why Canada is, 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 is up there now because we're investing in the players and saying, I coach Correct. this kid, I coach Correct. this boy and look where he is now, or this girl, look where he is now. And that's the important thing, in my opinion. Correct. And, and we'll close it out with this, Nicholas. Years ago, and, and up until recently, I'll say it, maybe not until uh, up until the last three or four years, we were called the House League Nation, the nation of House League. Just go have fun and play the game. Not anymore. Now it's big business in Canada. It's the real deal. It's players that are developing and going overseas, MLS, et cetera, et cetera. We have arrived and that couldn't be much more happier for me and, and many others that, you know, paved the way in other areas that a lot of people took shots at us, laughed at us, but it's, it's all worth it. And watching a, a young guy like you and many of the young guys in the business and doing these shows like you're doing, I got to take the time to thank you. And to thank all the young guys out there and gals that are doing it because they're they're stepping up and doing something that needed to be done uh, by a, a lot of other people like myself many years ago. Because in Europe, South America, Africa, there's hundreds upon hundreds of people that that do these type of things. And, and, and it's important. So good on you for doing it, Nicholas. Thank you. I appreciate it. Like I said, you know, I, ha I have professional people on like, you know, former NHL players. And I've had Caval Lucas Cavallini, Richie Larea, but then. I've also had youth, youth junior hockey players, youth, you know, soccer players. I've had women's uh, Humber College players on. So I was just and then the get... bottom of the barrel me. Yeah, part of yeah, exactly. <laughs> the bottom of the <laughs> not, barrel. Not even close. Not even close, <laughs> Anthony. Don't go there. Come on. No, but hey, but look how big Canada's getting. Lorenzo Insigne is coming. So hey, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, we, good, that's good, another story, Anthony. Yeah, that's good another. Luck, good luck to TFC. Good luck to TFC. <laughs> that's you know. I, you know, I don't want to, good no, luck. No, no, I'm I just kidding. I got my own issues. Yeah, yeah I'm just kidding. About up here in York, so. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, listen, Anthony, honestly, uh, like like I've said, uh, in the middle of the, the show, met you, you know, within the CSL a few years, a few years back. And, uh, you know, every time we see each other, it was more of a high vibe, but, you know, recon recognition. And, uh, you know, I, this scarf, this scarf is from you. This scarf is from you back there, the CPL scarf. I, yeah. have a, I have a York scarf as well, but I didn't put it up because it said York 9, so I didn't well, want I'll any get, confusion. I'll get you York United one. Beautiful. I promise you I will get you York United one when we see each other when this COVID lockdown is done. Brilliant. Because that's got to be up there in that nice Absolutely. It's well. coming. It's coming. Listen, Good. once Good. again, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate Pleasure. your time. And uh, we'll, we'll, chat, we'll chat moving forward. Hopefully we can get some of the uh, – some of the York United boys on the oh, Mamma yeah. podcast, baby, right? Let's Absolutely. get it going. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Listen, Anthony Totera, lead domestic scout and head of community engagement with the CPL's York United FC. This was episode 49 and footy edition number 10. Episode 50 is next. Could it be with another professional soccer player? We don't know. This is Mamma Mia. This is Fire Talk. I'm Nicholas Fiore. Visit www.mamamiathisisfiretalk.com. For Mamma Mia Fire merchandise. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for tuning on once again. Stay safe out there and Mamma Mia.
Lopez. Lopez turns it over, and now Cavallini with it. Cavallini finds Baker. Albanese comes out. Baker gets to it first. Around the keeper, and in the back of the net. Blows the whistle. The captain, Dylan Carrero, for Woodbridge. A penalty kick. Steps up, and takes it neatly so with a great, brilliant penalty kick strike into the corner. The ref blows the whistle. Whiteman steps forward, looking and right down the middle with the strike there and the penalty kick in the 19th minute anything coming now a chance for jason mills he comes in the shot on goal off the woodwork again the rebound comes out the mills again shot scores oh my word number 11 with the finish and that's brandon mills oldfield looking to play long instead of building up it's going to favor them off the second ball a chance for the blue devils can they get anything on goal goes back outside looking for the offside call it's not now cross back in, back door, it's a goal! And the Blue Devils are on the door first. Push back with good defensive play from North Mississauga, and they steal it, and now look at the counter. Can the Panthers go? It's 4v4. Good pace. Botello plays on the far side. They stay on side. North Miss, an opportunity. They come on the break with a shot. In the back of the net, it goes, and North Miss have one back. Continues with a North Mississauga free kick in midfield. An opportunity here. Shot comes in in the back of the net. It goes. Oh my word! What a strike! Now back kicked up in the air. One with the header. Placed down. McNamara has the opportunity. And in the back of the net it goes. Corner kicking off for Oakville. It's a dangerous one. And in the back of the net again. And it's McNamara. That was Mamma Mia. This is Fire Talk Footy Edition with Nicholas Fiore. Thank you for watching and listening. And stay tuned for the next episode.